It's the 2022 World Cup. It's USA's Players. Hello and welcome to the International Soccer Preview by Soccer Files Canada. I'm Kevin and today we will be looking at USA's squad for the 2022 uh, World Cup. We interrupt this media cast with a bold and slashing edit, a brief introduction to the shortened player series. It's basically the last section of the full-length version. Uh, there we examined the formation up until June 2022. Uh, we also went through all the players who had recently appeared for the national team and judged uh, the likelihood of their making the squad um, and giving information on their history and standing with the squad. For this media cast, we have washed all that chatter out and are panning down to the nugget. We hope it incites your interest in the full-length version, the link to which is available in the show notes. So now, joining in progress. All right, and that does bring us So now we move on to kind of some considerations of the team. And going back to the beginning, we noted uh, uh, in the takeaways from the previous podcast that uh, the USA has an overload of choices. And I'm sure the sheer length of that player-by-player uh, player thing makes that clear. Uh, and just discussing a couple of the general issues there, uh, one was the status of Gold Cup players. So... Uh, it was kind of made clear uh, going in, and you can see through the choices that uh, that they were putting forward a B team there. Uh, one announcer during the Gold Cup said that uh, he thought only one or two players would, would be on the A team playing the World Cup qualifying games. Uh, but we speculated during the podcast that it would compound the already difficult selection headaches that... Uh, Berhalter has, and it seems to have done so because uh, a lot of those players, or several of those players, uh, did become considerations for the uh, A-team, and you wonder if it kind of creates friction uh, among the players uh, being called to play for their national team and perhaps expecting to, to start or to make the field, and then finding that there are so many other players under consideration that they maybe don't get uh, what's expected. I haven't heard anything uh, that that's the case, but uh, it kind of makes sense that it is, um, you know, that, that the competition is so stiff that it may be disenchanting to some of the players. Um, surely disenchanted must be the veterans of the squad who, um, it seemed at the beginning, I think in our previous podcast, we, we saw uh, players like Michael Bradley and uh, Josie Altador as candidates um, uh, to make the squad, uh, but they were uh, overlooked. Um, not overlooked was Tim Ream and John Brooks in the central defence or in the defence. Uh, however, they didn't last well on the on the squad. That seems to have been more of a performance issue. Uh, but whatever the reason it was, uh, it seems like the veterans are off the team. We're going to see later that um, as a consequence, it's a very young team because they don't have um, um, uh, kind of veteran players uh, raising the average age. 
Okay, we'll try to go uh, quickly through this because it's been a very long podcast. Uh, settled positions. So we have a few settled positions on the squad, but honestly, uh, not that many. And um, uh, I've noticed that they've made a lot of halftime substitutions uh, during their games, suggesting that they're trying, you know, the manager is trying to put as many players onto the field and satisfy uh, as many players as he can, or perhaps check out uh, a few players. The outcome of it all is that there are very, very few settled positions uh, on the team. So when we go through the players at the end, we'll we'll kind of keep an eye on that. Uh, but there's been a lot of rotation. And again, I wonder kind of what that does uh, uh, for team spirit. Um, yeah, that kind of ties into uh, the, the starting lineup comments that I was going to make. So um, from my estimate, they only have, I mean, they have more starters than they do st- uh, players starting in certain positions. So there are a few players who are regularly starting, but they're not necessarily starting in the same uh, position. Um, but we'll go over that at the end. Uh, that also brings up the question as who is going to be left out? Who is going to be disappointed? Um, uh, will it be those Gold Cup players? Uh, we've seen that the veterans are basically being cut from the team. Uh, but surely uh, a lot of the players who I even presented as likely candidates here, uh, a few of those, uh, there won't be room for them. So um, again, I wonder uh, if you have disappointed players on the bench uh, or disappointed players for the national team. Um, uh, how it affects the team spirit overall. And finally, we've seen that they have a lot of youngsters uh, in uh, playing in Europe, and I'm going to spell that out soon. Uh, but is there any room for some of these talented youngsters who are actually playing for pretty big clubs, uh, even in Europe? Um, it just seems like there isn't room for any of those. And I'm talking about um, many players who didn't even come up in our player-by-player review because they really haven't even been called up to the team uh, yet. Uh, we'll talk a bit more about that soon. Uh, let's move on to uh, players. So um, I just want to make the point that Jurgen Klinsmann, when he was manager of the team, uh, you know, let's say um, uh, around 2010, uh, to 2015 was calling for players to try to get on teams in Europe and saying that they needed more players playing in Europe. And now, now they seem to have uh, too many players playing in Europe and for good teams at that. And uh, some of them are basically being uh, overlooked by the national team just because there are too many players Uh, kind of on the menu. So we're kind of going to go through uh, some of those players. And here I'm talking about, uh, I've made a list of players who are playing for pretty good European clubs, but are not making the national team. So um, uh, I'll start with the ones uh, who were actually in the Gold Cup, and it looked like they're their Gold Cup play would earn them a spot on the A-team, but it didn't. So those two would be uh, Matthew Hopp and Daryl DK. Matthew Hopp playing for uh, Middlesbrough in England and Mallorca and Schalke before that. I know I'm repeating uh, the the uh, player-by-player information a little bit here. And Daryl DK, 
who uh, played for West, uh, plays for West Brom in England and Barn, Barnsley before that. But there are more illustrious teams yet. Uh, veteran John Brooks, I said, in the player podcast had recently earned a move to Benfica in Portugal, which is uh, a bit of a higher status club, I think, than uh, Wolfsburg in Germany and Hertha Berlin in Germany, where he was before that. So whether that move uh, kind of earns him um, consideration for the national squad again um, remains to be seen in the next uh, in the upcoming games. Uh, we have a defender, right defender, Marlon Fossey, whose name didn't come up in the player podcast. He's with Standard Liège in Belgium. We have uh, Brian Kao, who's with Wolfsburg in Germany. All of these are, are fairly young players. Richard Ledesma with PSV Eindhoven in Netherlands. Ulysses Lanes with Wolfsburg in Germany. Uh, Owen Atasoui with uh, Club Bruges in Belgium and with Wolverhampton uh, Wanderers in England before that. Kevin Paredes, also with Wolfsburg. Uh, Austin Trusty with Arsenal in England, currently on loan to Birmingham. And uh, Brian Reynolds, uh, who is with Roma uh, in Italy, currently on loan to Westerlo in Belgium. And I have a whole bunch of other names who are kind of with lesser clubs, but still, you know, uh, recognizable clubs uh, in Europe. I, I think I have about eight more names here, which I won't go through. I'll just give an example of one uh, is Sam Vines, who was on the 2021 Gold Cup squad. He's with Royal Antwerp uh, in Belgium. So, you know, not a, not a really big club. But again, I think back to Jurgen Klinsmann's comments, uh, these players may have been trying to do what he recommended they do, playing for European clubs, and yet they can't find their way onto the American team. But as I say, uh, most of them are young, so may, um, may come up in the future. All right, we'll move on to uh, a bit of a talk about their... Um, uh, about their stats. So I put together this little chart. This is just my own uh, thing. And basically, uh, I looked at their players and and um, uh, made a list. And this this uh, first one will tell you why, why this podcast is so long. And I should have mentioned it at the beginning. The total number of players called up since uh, 2020. So... Um, I'm doing this in comparison with other teams as I do these podcasts, so it kind of becomes uh, more and more interesting, really. And uh, the total number for the USA is a staggering 69 players. Um, um, we have uh, Ecuador uh, has 66 players. That's a lot. But no other team... Uh, has uh, the next closest to that is 54 players, so 15 players less. So there are so many players under consideration for the United States right now uh, that it, it uh, explains the length of this podcast, but also explains the headache that um, uh, the manager Burhalter has, and he's bound to offend uh, a few of those players by not giving them the time that they expect. Uh, the other, uh, the other uh, thing I have here is the total number of players under consideration. So for the United States, 
Uh, no, sorry, I'm going to do... Um, okay, I'll continue with this. Total number of players under consideration, uh, 37. So those would be candidates that are in the definite, uh, likely or possible category. So I think it's 28 players that they can bring to the World Cup. So already we're well over that. So, you know, at least um, nine of those players are going to be disappointed, uh, you know, and that doesn't include players who, who were considered unlikely, uh, possible but unlikely, or uh, players who might be brought back in from the cold, or some of those young players I mentioned with European teams. So, as I say, the coach uh, is going to hurt a few feelings there. Uh, by comparison, the average for the 10 teams I've done so far is 31.5. So uh, most teams have to cut a few players but uh, USA will have to cut a lot. And uh, kind of by contrast, the total players in definite or likely categories is 22. And actually this number is a bit um, above, uh, a bit above average, but actually in range. And how do we interpret this? Well, for some teams like Senegal and Canada and Qatar, it kind of indicates a very steady squad that it's kind of the same players stepping onto the field uh, every time uh, and, and uh, you know, the, the substitute players getting some experience. However, for the USA, it seems more of, uh, it seems more to indicate a difficulty in really figuring out who the definite and likely uh, players are. Um, yeah, and I, I, I again, uh, repeating the same point that it's going to be difficult to actually uh, whittle down the squad uh, to 28 players, especially without hurting some feelings. So uh, USA is in range as far as that goes, but well above range in the other two categories. Uh, we'll look at the average age of the team. And for the USA, it's 24.2. So most teams fall somewhere between 25 and uh and 27 the usa is uh a year and a half younger than the next closest team um uh and that is probably explainable by having uh cut what veterans they have so we identified a few veterans in the uh player by player part of the podcast and we'll review those at the end but uh, those players have been cut. So more specifically there, they have uh, only two players that are older than 30 years old. So uh, Giassi uh, Zardes and Sean Johnson, who's just a likely, oh, sorry, just a possible keeper. So most teams have several players who are in their 30s, and a lot of teams keep those, keep a few uh, older players on the team because they're, they're kind of moral leaders on the team. Um, and so America is kind of lacking that uh, veteran player uh, on the team. Um, by contrast, they have uh, one, two, three, four, five, uh, five of their uh, um, possible likely or definite players are 19 years old or younger. And um, 11 of them are 21 years or younger. That's 11 out of 37 players. Uh, so that explains the, the youth of the team. 
Um, now, whether this will be a benefit or, or a liability for them uh, is a topic for discussion, but um, um, just putting it uh, out there that it's a younger team than most. Uh, consequently, the average number of caps is uh, quite a bit lower than the average team. The average is um, 26, 26.4 uh, caps. So their 22.2 caps is uh, one of the lowest of the teams that I've seen so far. So a very youthful team, but um, again, it remains to be seen whether that has a good effect or a bad. The total number of goals among those 37 players is 107. Uh, that falls within range, but again, because they have... Uh, a lot of candidates, the average there is 2.9 goals per player, and that is on the low side because 3.5 uh, goals per player is the average. So uh, it may be just because a lot of their goals uh, may have been scored by players who are no longer under consideration, or the fact that they don't have a lot of long-term players who, who haven't amassed a lot of goals. So you can make it the statistic uh, what you will. Um, yeah, okay, let's uh, move on to uh, a few of the things to watch. So this is uh, players and issues to watch for. So uh, in defense, I would say one of the big questions the manager has to answer is it uh, Matt Turner or Stefan? Uh, Stefan's club affiliation uh, used to be the deciding factor, it, it seemed, because um, he played for Man United and was the, the natural starting keeper. Uh, well, now he's kind of drifting off the team a little bit, whereas Turner has gotten a position with Arsenal, so kind of a, a club of similar stature. And uh, it looks like Turner is kind of... Uh, edging this debate, but uh, a very difficult decision for the manager, and um, and there we have it. Uh, also in defence, uh, Zimmerman and Robertson, that's probably the most stable part of the field for them uh, over the last, um, uh, including the 2021 World Cup and the games since. Um, and they have tried out a couple of other players in this position, which we talked about in the player-by-player -player podcast. But the main thing coming out of this is that um, Robinson, Miles Robinson, seems to be uh, injured. So uh, they have to maybe uh, prepare a backup in case he's not back in time. And uh, we'll provide an update on his injury status. But it doesn't look good uh, for him making the cup. Uh, so the one stable kind of pairing they have on the field uh, looks like it might have to be broken up anyway. Uh, similarly, uh, in, in left defense, Anthony Robinson seems to be holding that position down quite well. But on the right side of defense, they have a real headache in um, uh, deciding amongst Dest, Yedlin, or Cannon. Now, these players actually don't move around that much. They may move up into the midfield, or uh, Dest has moved over to the left side of defense uh, once there. But basically, these three players are battling for one position. And, uh, you know, um, um, <laughs> one of them's going to be offended uh, at least. 
there, so a bit difficult. Similarly, in the midfield, uh, Musa, McKenney, and Aronson. I, I think we're talking mostly about the right midfielder position there because uh, Tyler uh, Adams seemed to have locked down the central midfielder position. But uh, who are the right and left midfielders going to be? Um, Musa McKenney and Aronson seem to be in the front running, although Aronson uh, may play kind of more attacking role. Um, and is there room for other players they've been using in that position? Uh, Kellen Acosta, De La Torre and Rolden. Uh, for sure, um, you know, I doubt all six of those players uh, will be there and certainly there won't be room on the field for all of them, although Rolden uh, has been playing mostly as a substitute. Um, but he's got to drop them. In the attack, Christian Pulisic uh, remains their kind of uh, key player, uh, but there is a question about uh, his fitness because he hasn't been playing, um, he hasn't gotten on the field for Chelsea as much as he would be like. Now, Chelsea recently got a new manager, so um, Christian Pulisic will be hoping he can uh, make an impression and get more of a starting role under the new manager. And then perhaps their biggest issue of all is uh, settling on a starting forward. So uh, Hoppy and, and DK did fairly well uh, in the cup, um, but they didn't seem to make it onto the A team. And um, they just uh, uh, couldn't find a player who could put the ball in the net. So they went through uh, Josh Sardin uh, and P Folk. And uh, Pepe, uh, Pepe provided relief for a time there, but his goal scoring kind of dried up. And they are getting goals from uh, from the other two forwards in that 4-3-3. So the left forward, usually Pulisic, and the right forward, uh, either Wea or Ariola. Um, but yeah, uh, they really are struggling to find the the player. And I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of these uh, issues are kind of settled in the group stage of the cup. I mean, you don't really want to go in having to um, uh, having those decisions on your shoulders. But uh, a lot of times those decisions kind of uh, do emerge from the cup. But you wonder if they have enough time to really work them out because it, it, it might take more than three games. Uh, in the group stage, so they would need to pass the group stage. Okay, let's take a look at some of the new players for the squad. And again, uh, if you want the details on them, you can check out the full uh, full length podcast, but um, we'll just mention names here. So in defense, uh, Cameron Carter-Vicker uh, seems to have come in. He's actually been with the team since 2017, but only recently uh, has made inroads into the squad. Uh, Tyler Adams, who's a, a kind of a fixture in the central midfield, um, is a new player. He's never played in a tournament and he's just 23 years old uh, and uh, now is on Leeds uh, United. So things are looking good uh, for him. Luca De La Torre we have as a likely candidate. Um, uh, sorry, going back, Carter Vickers we have as possible. Tyler Adams we have as definite and Luca De La Torre we have as likely. So I'm only choosing from among those three categories because they have a whole list of players who uh, don't seem to have made it onto the team yet, but maybe candidates for the future. Uh, but this list would be too long if I went through 
uh, all of them. I went through some of them with the uh, the players in Europe. Uh, Luca De La Torre, we consider a likely candidate. Uh, he's 24 years old, uh, hasn't played in a tournament. None of these players have played in a tournament. Yunus uh, Musa is new to the squad, and we consider him a definite candidate. He's just 20 years old. Uh, Brendan Aronson, uh, also we consider a definite candidate. He is uh, 22 years old, already has 22 caps since 2020, so uh, he's kind of um, um, earned a position on the team. Um, we mentioned Malik Tillman, who's with Bayern Munich in Germany, uh, as a possible candidate. He has never played in a tournament either. Timothy Weyer, we consider him a definite candidate. Um, he's 22 years old and has 25 caps, so doing well for the national team. Um, I should, uh, sorry, I didn't prepare it, but uh, Reina um, is also on this list. Um, I keep thinking Claudio Reina, but it's the it's the son. Uh, anyway, Reina. Um, um, Yikes, I have lost my spot. Uh, okay, we were just about finish finishing here. Um, Jesus Ferreira, uh, a likely candidate, and Ricardo Pepe, who uh, during qualifying looked like he was he would be uh, on the squad, but is now drifting off. So we only have him as a possible candidate. So again, that kind of goes away to explaining uh, the general youth of the team, the average age being a lot younger than other teams. And you can see uh, on YouTube, if you're watching that, all of these players are in, in gray, indicating that they've never participated in a tournament before. As far as injuries go, we have uh, Miles Robinson, who's uh, a rather big concern, probably um, their biggest injury concern. Um, and we're not sure if he's gonna make it back to the cup in time. Um, we have Giovanni Reina, uh, who's been kind of struggling with injury the whole time. Uh, some thought that he would be a definite starter for the squad. Um, a definite starter for the squad. Um, but is uh, struggling with injury. There's also uh, uh, just a possible candidate, but... Um, uh, central defender Chris Richards, who uh, um, is struggling with injury, and uh, I better move on because uh, I I don't think I listed all the players that were there. Anyway, we'll move on to uh, notable absences, and here I'm really talking about veterans who we've mentioned during the podcast. Uh, oh, sorry, uh, Sebastian Pifok. Uh, sorry, Jordan Peapock was the player I was looking for. Uh, also a potential injury risk. We'll update these in the update podcast in November. Okay, let's um, um, talk about some of the players who are off the squad. So those veterans. And uh, the first one is John Brooks. Uh, John Anthony Brooks. So he plays for Benfica uh, in Portugal, but... Um, 
seems to be doing better at the club level than at the national level. He didn't do well in the first two games of World Cup qualifying and uh, was off the squad. Uh, Matt Miazga, uh, probably, you know, aged out. He, he's 37 years old, but another veteran that um, is, not, is not available. And a third central defender in Omar, Gomez, uh, Omar Gonzalez, um, uh, oh, 34 years old. Uh, all of these guys are still playing at the club level, but um, they've been uh, drifting off the team basically since 2019. Uh, Tim Ream, the left back, uh, again, he started the World Cup qualifying and didn't, um, uh, didn't prove himself, it seems. And then we have the uh, captain, Michael Bradley, who, um, you know, hasn't been called upon, and uh, forward Josie Altador. So that's where their uh, that's where their veterans have gone. Most of them not being called up, um, and some of them uh, obviously retired. Okay, so now we are going to go back uh, over the team, over the candidates, and uh, we're going to predict the starters. But it's a bit of a difficult task uh, here. Okay, so of course, um, manager Bearhalter. Well, there is a, a bit of dissatisfaction with him, but it would be too late to change uh, now. So we consider him a definite. Uh, in goal, we can't really decide a starter. So we know that Matt Turner and um, Zach Steffen. Uh, well, Zach Steffen a bit less so, but uh, will probably be on the squad. But we don't know which of them would start. Uh, I would give the nod to Matt Turner now, um, but things may change by the time the cup actually comes around. Uh, in central defenders, it, it, it was the, the one position that was fairly clear with the two central defenders. Um, so uh, Zimmerman, uh, Walker Zimmerman and Miles Robinson. Uh, however, Miles Robinson is now an injury concern uh, so if he uh, turns out to not be fit for the cup, it'll probably be Aaron Long. Uh, but they have a whole bunch of other possibilities um, that they could choose from. And I would guess at least two of those would be chosen and two of them will be disappointed. Um, okay, moving on to left back. Another position that's fairly decided is uh, Anthony Robinson, even though he's never played in a tournament. Uh, but he's been holding down the position quite well. And uh, George Bellow, uh, a possible backup there. I might move him up to likely since there doesn't seem to be any other candidates. But actually, I won't do that because other candidates may come from the other side of the field where they really have a headache uh, in de deciding whether um, Serginho Dest, DeAndre Led Yedlin, or Reggie Cannon, who seems to be making his way back into the picture, um, uh, are uh, going to be the starters. So I would imagine it's it, it would be Dest or Yedlin. Uh, but I do think uh, uh, Reggie Cannon is likely to make the team. So perhaps he or one of the others uh, could be the backup as the left defender. 
but I can't uh, say with any confidence which of them is going to be the starter. And again, a few candidates there uh, that have an outside chance. Uh, Tyler Adam in the center of the midfield uh, is, is another position that seems to be nailed down by a player who's never played in a tournament, but he's been fairly consistent there in World Cup qualifying. And um, uh, again, uh, James Sands might be uh, selected, but it could well be a, a selection of the central midfielders who um, uh, not only would play back up to Tyler Adams, but would act as the left or right um, uh, midfielders. But we have Kellen Acosta and Christian Roldan. I don't see either of those as a starter, even though they are likely to make the squad. And um, it's more the um, players from other parts of the field that I think are likely to play as the right and left uh, midfielders. So certainly Christian Pulisic will be there. But ironically, despite being uh, one of the few labeled as a left midfielder, he's actually a left forward in their 4-3-3 system. But I, uh, I imagine he will be a starter. Uh, I think Weston McKenney is more likely to be on the field, but where he is on the field, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not confident enough to say he'll be a starter, but I think he is definitely one of the most likely uh, uh, to make it to the squad and perhaps be a starter. I'm almost ready to put down Yunus Musa, uh, who is actually classified as a right winger uh, to be the right midfielder. Uh, but if he's not in that position, I'm quite confident he'll be on the team. And um, I think Paul Ariola uh, will be on the team, but I, I think he'll be in a substitute role uh, behind Timothy Weah on the right wing, uh, even though he's classified as a left winger. Um, we have Brandon, uh, Brandon Aronson, and I think he will be on the field too. Uh, he might play as a midfielder or as a forward, um, but he'll be in an attacking role, and I think he would be a starter. Uh, and among the forwards, uh, among the forwards, I think Timothy Weah will be a starter. But uh, it's kind of well known that the centre forward is really up for grabs uh, to whoever shows. Uh, to whoever shows form, uh, kind of like Ricardo Pepe uh, did during qualifying, they'll kind of clutch on to whoever is able to put the ball in the net. But um, I can't really identify anyone who, uh, who I would see as a starter yet. So you can see that uh, in my own difficulty uh, uh, selecting there, um, you know, why there's uh, just... Uh, 22 uh, likely or definite candidates because there are so many candidates who might be available. So a big headache for Coach Bearhalter, uh, not only in selecting the players who he's going to bring with him, but in selecting who the starters will be. So I'm very interested to see how that'll turn out. And perhaps the games in September uh, will shed some light on that and the friendlies uh, leading up to the cup. So we talked a bit about that uh, in our team podcast. Okay, as far as this podcast goes, it's finally 
time for us to finish. This was a mammoth podcast, so uh, if you if you made it all the way through, um, good for you. I'm surprised that I did too. So that brings us to the end of this podcast. Uh, yeah, keep in mind that we will be doing an update uh, in November uh, as new information comes out. So that'll be an update on the teams and players. We can go over some of these players and determine which ones are kind of definitely off the team, which ones who've been selected for the preliminary squad and for the final squad. And uh, keep an eye out for us at Soccer Files Canada. That's Soccer Files with a PH in the middle and an S at the end. And you can check our website. Uh, oh, I should show that uh, in the picture here. Uh, it's uh, soccerfiles.captivate.fm. But don't worry, podcast listeners, all that information is in the show notes, as well as links to other podcasts that we've done on these teams and players. And so I hope you check that out. All right. We will see you in our next podcast, uh, our next player podcast. All the best. Bye-bye.